Welcome back to another session of Prop Sessions. Delighted to be joined by Jerry. Jerry is the chief T-boy and uh, founder of um, the Estates Agents Content Club, if I've uh, remembered that correctly. And um, we're going to be going into a lot of things around estates agency content and having a bit of fun today. So uh, without further ado, welcome Jerry to the podcast. Cheers, Ebs. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I got promoted to chief T-boy, so that's one of the loftier um, achievements of my life. <laughs> that's straight on the CV. Yes, that's right at the top, and it impresses people. It's a talking point. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine the, uh, the the conversations coming in on your on your LinkedIn profile with that. You must it must it must uh, be a nice little opener for uh, when people start chatting with you or you start chatting with them. Exactly. You know what? I, I see everything as an opportunity to get the brand across, and um, our brand is very much that light-hearted, fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously, that sort of thing. So our CEO. Is not your traditional CEO, like chief executive officer. Our CEO is the community enjoyment officer. Uh, and that's Wendy. She's in charge of making sure everyone's happy with the service that we provide and, and that our members are uh, well looked after. So I think it, in this age where it's so busy and everyone's bombarded with so many messages, I think you've got to do something to stand out. And that can be everything. Email signature, your website, pretty much everything. I want, to, um, I want to jump into an article you wrote um, recently about the John Lewis Christmas advert, because I, I actually had quite a bit to say last year on their Christmas advert. And um, one of the things that caught my attention that you, that you said with their advert is that they're not obviously not selling it, right? And, and obviously, this is one of the reasons why people look forward to seeing this advert and build up to it. And you said that in turn, when you translate that over to estate agents, you know, they shouldn't just be posting about property. I thought that was interesting because you hear, you know, all the time, okay, yeah, you shouldn't sell in your content all the time. You should have a nice balance, but people care about, you know, their own property. They care about what's going on in their own property market. Yet one of the things you said was actually, you shouldn't just be about property. Um, I'd love to like kind of, yeah, dive yeah. into that thought a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, my background's in journalism, um, and so just give you a really brief bio where I'm coming from. So I've been a journalist since 2004, something like that, um, and I got into writing blogs for estate agents about 2012, 13, and that was purely a mate of mine as an estate agent in London, and he said, "Look, you write all the time. I've got to do these things called blogs. Can you do me some?" So I did, and then we started writing about the property market and what have you, the traditional sort of stuff. And then we did a couple, I said to him, well, let's mix it up a bit. And we did some articles about his local area. He's from Wembley in Northwest London and they were better received. So he, he said, well, I'm getting more reaction when I'm talking about the local area, nothing to do with the local property market, but I forget what, I can't remember the exact things we were writing about, but it was sort of like the sports club doing well, the, um, Ofsted, the school getting a good Ofsted and that sort of stuff. So I've always carried that through the last eight years as the some of the best content you can provide as an estate agent is news-based stuff because they're in such a good position as estate agents and um, hubs of com the community. They're a very community-based business. A good estate agency knows its community and that makes them in a good position to publish sort of uh, content that is community based. So we call it, uh, we have a, an article, it goes out every Friday to our members and we call it the CIA, the CIA article. And that is just community interest article. 
Um, and that, I mean, I'm looking up at my board here, Ebbs, on... Uh, so last week is a really popular one. It was about this Saturday is the Small Business Saturday, uh, sponsored by American Express. And it's where um, everyone's encouraged to shop locally. So we sent out this article to all our members saying, shop locally, encourage people to shop locally in your town, your village, your, your community. And it got really, really well received. So I think estate agents need to mix their content up not just about sales stuff, not just about letting stuff, but look broader afield to, to community interest uh, stuff. Got it. So so with, with the content that you produce, do you, would you say that that's the stuff that gets, you know, more engagement than the, you know, traditional property stuff? Um, so we do sales stuff and we do letting stuff and we do the community stuff. I probably say the community stuff gets more reaction. Uh, the landlord stuff, when there is interest about it, it's really serious interest because it's a landlord that wants to change. Um, and the sell stuff is just for it keeps keeps the agent ticking over, and it's helpful. I mean, you know, we've got this this method here or this model, what we call the hits model, um, and that's basically how we write our content, which is it's got a tick these four boxes is it helpful is it interesting is it trustworthy trustworthy meaning we if we're going to say something we're going to back it up with a source um, and the s of the model is is it sustainable can we keep this level of content up forever basically which which we we kind of can provide into it to our members and i think if agents um think of those four things when they write a piece of content or share a piece of content Who's it helping? Who's it going to interest? Is it trustworthy? Will it stand up to uh, to to a test? Uh, and can I s sustainably keep doing this level of content? Because I don't know about you, Ebs, but I've seen it, and I know my colleagues in the content industry have seen it. Some people start off brilliantly, but then after a month, they're gone because they realise, you know what? It's hard work to keep <laughs> creating good, interesting, helpful content. So. I always say to me, some people say, well, how much content should I be putting out there? I said, well, let's be honest, one, one article a month is probably not enough. I would say probably go for one a week if you can. If you could do more than that, great. Um, but at least one a week. What you don't want is to start off doing three in a week for a month, but then nothing for six months. Because I, I think there's only one thing on a website that's worse than uh, having uh, an old uh, sorry having no blog and that's having an old blog an old blog is worse than having no blog at all i say to people look if your blog is uh, older than three months take it off do you know what i mean unless it's not times uh, unless it's not time stamped you know like um things to do in the summer if that's your last article that you've got on your website and i visit you and i'm interested in i'm a landlord or i'm a seller i see that as your latest bit of news I'm thinking, well, they're obviously not on the ball because they, they haven't updated that page. So what what else aren't they updating? Where else are they for? You know, you, it's that little crack of doubt that's been put into my head. So I say to people, if you can't commit to it, just take it down. Don't just have it there as a, oh, it has to be there. No, it has to be there and it has to be populated with, with decent content, at least content that is sort of fresh or, or not timestamped. So... 
if you've got content on there that is say quite quite old and and say you know they just <laughs> would you re would you recommend to some estate agents that if they just literally for whatever reason are just not going to be doing content would you just recommend they just have that not visible in the meantime then because because and the reason i ask that is because i do do see a lot of estate agents who have the example you gave i, I see all the time literally last summer and then you're you're in winter um what should what, obviously the answer is put content get content out but if they can't would you actually yeah. say to to take it down yeah 100 percent I would 100%, and this is the, the, the sort of analogy and the example I always use, right? So most people will say that their website is their digital shop front. Agreed? Is that fair? Yeah. Fair way of putting it, digital shop front, yeah? Even if you're not a commercial like, online retailer. So if it's your digital shop front, your website is also your digital shop window. Now, having an old blog on your website is the digital equivalent of having a window on the high street that's smeared with dirty fingerprints and looks unloved and hasn't been cleaned in months because your blog hasn't been updated in months. Do, do you see what I mean? So that's why I say to people, look, you've got to be brutal. If you're not going to commit to it, take it off because you're not doing yourself any favours with a blog that's out of date. Now, there's loads of ways around that. You can either try and start writing it for yourself or, listen, there's, there's more and more people entering the content for estate agents game now um than never before um th so there's plenty of options do you know what i mean there's lots of me chris watkin there's data loft there's lots of people doing it so what with your i, li I like the way you have that formula i think it was fits you said um mm. to, to break it down so i think ha having that just makes it so much more bite-sized and understandable particularly when you're explaining that to someone and and it, i actually want to focus on that last part of it the sustainable part because this is a, a fear this is like a deep fear that I see when I speak to estate agents. And, and, you know, the example you gave of, you know, you start, you've got all that momentum, posting 17 times a day for the first two, two weeks and then, it, and then it falls off. I think one of the big fears is around that sustainability and, and being able to always have something to just, just put out, right? And having some kind of method to it. How, how do you, when you look at content and, you know, the content that you you guys put out how do you mark it as sustainable or what kind of lens do you look at that through okay so this is where i think the journalist background because really helps us because we don't plan too far ahead like some people would say oh we can plan our content for a year yeah but then if you'd have planned your content for a year you would definitely be getting caught out when lockdown happened because there was no plan no one had a plan for this at all so the way we do it is we look at the trends of what's happening um, in, in the news agenda and that sort of stuff, see what's happening in the industry. Um, I mean, the last month, stroke first month of every year is a good time to do, you know, like reflection pieces. This is what happened this year. Um, and then in the new year, this is what we think. So sorry, reflection, December, forecast, January. Not that anyone can forecast with any certainty nowadays anyway. Um, so in terms of the way we plan stuff, it's it's probably in two week cycles. Two weeks would probably be the most. Um, yeah, about two, every two, two weeks. So for an estate agent trying to plan their content, if they're doing it themselves, I'd probably, and we've got another sort of acronym. Uh, I think it's like an acronym um is called pigs which 
you've got to address the content and the if you if you're going to plan it out it, it needs to address people's pigs which is answer their problems their interests their goals and their stresses so that's what that's another good way of thinking well i don't know what to write about if you're an estate agent list make a list of the 10 problems you solve that's 10 articles there perhaps do you know what i mean write an uh, write a list of the 10 interests your landlords have they want to save money they want to get good tenants they want to know their properties insured that sort of stuff so again that's another 10 articles so you can see you've within probably half hour sitting down writing it down as a state agent can come up with 20 article ideas and then you go on to the goals part of that acronym um what are the goals people want to sell their home quickly well how are you going to make them sell their home, their home quickly that's another article uh, and then there's stresses and then i move on to the stresses one of the big stresses that uh, people have got is they feel like they've instructed the wrong estate agent how do they get out of that you know, and use a second agent. That's one of the stresses. Landlords, my God, their biggest stresses are eviction, uh, bad debt, that sort of thing. So again, it's it, it's about uh, making lists, really, of what 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 you can address with your content, what you can solve with your content. And so, okay, so I think that's you know that's a lot of good content ideas right there because you know like I'm sure you get the question all the time that oh like what are some ideas I should be using to to write content, but I think in, in the way you just described it, it's like teaching a man to fish, right? Rather than give, giving him the fish. And I think when it comes down to it, actually, if you think about it, you can, you can get the ideas, but then it comes to, okay, well, how do I execute that in the best way? Um, is that something you, you help with as well? Or do you like do that? Is it kind of like a done for you thing? Or do you um, kind of advise on the best way to actually put that out? We, we advise so we send out the content it's syndicated it's all copyright as well and that, that's another thing as well I, I see happening more where agents realize they've got to get content but rather than paying for it or creating it themselves they're nicking other people's content not realizing that my god you don't have to be you know <laughs> inspector poirot or something like i don't know some sleuth to think ah oh, it's the internet it's very easy to find plagiarized or stolen copy on the internet nowadays um so what we say to agents we we, we advise them so we work with uh, a few sort of industry experts as well and we'll get their advice about right what's the best way to share on facebook we tell our members what's the best way to share on linkedin now we know that linkedin the data we see back from our members is very good at um attracting landlords with your content but you've got to hashtag it right and all that sort of stuff is it, it's that sort of market um videos is another thing we're advising people on now as well you know turning content into videos mm -hmm. you know um and that that's the thing as well i think Ebs, that a good bit of content can be used in so many ways a good bit of written content i, I see written content as the base for everything else you know in terms of graphics and that sort of stuff that can come from within if it's broken up the content's broken up you can get graphics or infographics out of that you you turn it into a script we've got many members that do that turn the our articles into scripts um so it's just applying a bit of creativity to your estate agency sort of content and there's some agents out there doing really good jobs actually you know i always think of if if i if you were to say to me uh, which estate agent pops to mind if you say they write their own content and it's good i'd probably say two spring to mind uh pippa bailey white lettings and Michelle Gallagher, 
uh, from JDG. And Michelle's been doing her own blogs for years, like four or five years. I can remember seeing Michelle's blogs, but she's really good at it. But again, she's she's realised she has to be consistent. So she's not here today, gone tomorrow. She's here this week, and I'm going to be here next week, and I'm going to be here next. Do you know what I mean? She's very, very consistent with her content. So yeah, I guess, I guess the the consistency. So take her, like if you can pick out basically two agents that you think are consistent. You know, if you think about how many agents you know, that's not that many, right? If you put that into the they spring to mind that spring right. to mind that do their own content. The ones that have service providers like me, like Dataloft, like Chris Watkin, um, they're obviously consistent because they're getting it every every week, or in our case, three times a week. Do you know what I mean? So. But why do you, why do you think the majority aren't consistent? Um, you know what? I think some agents don't, and I think it's a small minority. And it's a, sorry, it's, yeah, small number now just don't get content marketing. They just don't get it. They think, well, it's not advertising. How can I sell without selling? Which is ultimately what content marketing is. You are selling something, but it's so subtle that people don't realize they're being sold to over the course. And it's nothing dark arts about it. It's just positioning yourself as being helpful. It's a selling tool. You know, if somebody's helpful, they're going to stand more of a chance when you're coming to sell. You're going to think, oh, you know what? I read a few of that guy's articles at agency. They were really helpful in helping me find a mortgage provider or helping me, you know, like suss out what's going on with conveyancing solicitors and that sort of stuff or moving costs. I'm going to get them around to give me a valuation. You know, um, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I know what you mean. So like, it, it's it's, and I'll be interested to know like what your conversations are like with with estate agents because obviously with what your service is doing, it, obviously it's just taking care of all of their content for them. But then, like, do you get do you get objections or questions like, well, how does this translate into business? And obviously, I know the the answer to how it does but i'd love to know like what you say to them and, and then that might resonate a little bit more with the estate yeah. agents who listen to this you know what it's probably three or four years ago i'd have to have conversations about what content marketing is and people say well just write about the houses i'm selling uh, and, and don't get me wrong on facebook some of the best engagement you'll get and content a lot of content creators won't like this but some of the best con um the best engagement you'll get as an estate agent is having a really good property on, you know, you will get people liking it or commenting, blah, 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 probably more than you will your articles. In fact, guaranteed more than your articles. You just got to look at somebody like uh, Ian story from stories of uh, uh, Cheshire. He's got, he get puts on great properties, beautifully presented and gets loads of comments, you know, like you've got a wow property. That's going to be a, that's a great piece of content right there. Um, but three to four years ago, it, it was, it was difficult. That's what I said, like we spoke sort of before we came on the, the podcast. Lockdown, I think, was the moment in time when estate agents, a lot of them got how important the content marketing was because they were all at home consuming content, you know? And they were just, because everyone had like six weeks off. Most of the time you send an email to an estate agent. I've had, <laughs> you know, they just don't read it or they reply with the wrong thing or they're busy. I get that. I get that. I'm, I'm with them about being busy. But I think that six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it was in, in the first lockdown, they had time to sort of sit down, look at stuff. They realized that, wow, this content, I've been consuming all this content. 
And it might not have been property content. It might have been health content. It might have been financial content, but they're still consuming it. And I think somehow the penny dropped for a lot of agents to think this is something we need to be doing, you know? Um, and I think off the back of that, we just say to people, if, if like, we're in a strange position where we can't take on hardly any more members at the moment because of the way we, we, we're set up is geographical and postcode. We can take on a few. So we're not overtly thinking about selling. But um, we'll say to anyone, if they said to us, well, why should I do content marketing? We'll say, right, when was the last time you watched an advert or read an article or read an advert from start to finish if you knew it was going to take up about three, four minutes of your time? No, it doesn't happen anymore. So you have to appear. Everyone skips the adverts. So content marketing isn't advertising. It's helpful. It's interesting. It's trustworthy and ideally sustainable. So we said to people, well, I think it's Seth Godin, who everyone knows. He said content marketing is the only marketing that's left. You know, advertising, people skip through. Netflix, you don't have no adverts on Netflix. That's why people love it. I get annoyed when I'm watching a football or the boxing that I have 60 seconds, especially in boxing, of adverts do you know what i mean i even pause and then skip through because i can't even so content marketing is presenting your message in a in a in a way that positions your brand or your agency as being really helpful and being interesting you've got to be interested as well yeah i was, I was just thinking back to uh, that, that mike Ty, recent mike tyson fight when like 50 percent of it was just music <laughs> yeah. and how that was just painful to have to you know you're there for one reason and then you're yeah. you're just being pumped with something, something the, the, best, the best thing about that fight was a snoop doggy dog um commentary he's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> they, they do know how to put together a promotion though i'll, I'll give them it I, they they put together something special um yeah very well, very well presented you know yeah in terms of visual yeah i'm with you on that yeah interesting you say about the um you know, content, like the, the question you just asked, when was the last time you sat through, a, read through a whole advert? And it's, the answer is like barely ever. To completely um, go the other way with that, with, with the marketing we do, it, it's, it's advertising, but it's become more content led over time. And, and this is, and, and to be honest, this is something I've been looking at recently, literally within the last six months, that I've been, there's been a lot of changes in terms of the campaigns that we'll run. We're actually experimenting more with more content-led actual advertising itself. So an example I gave, and I we we did I put I think I put a post out about this the other day was you've just sold just sold a property, right? You want to tell everyone about it. You want to get your boards up. You want to plaster it over social media. You know you want to do everything to show that you just sold this property. But instead of that, how about just kind of telling the story of that? Right, telling the ups and downs of that, you know, the newlyweds who just who just finally moved in and, and the struggles of COVID and chains falling through and, and kind of going through that whole process. And that can end up being for some of the ones we did five, six, seven paragraphs. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't going to read that. Right. Yeah. But the ones that do are going to be so much more bought in. And then it's kind of like it, it's almost getting to the point where you're getting a bit of a merge between content and advertising to me that the one in one in the same because yeah. ad, a good advertising should be content led right yeah yeah, 100%, 100%. I, I, I think we're, we're past the days of you know click here buy this now or you know the the, the classic get your instant valuation i mean obviously that's still really popular and stuff like that but well, that's a topic for another day um but do you i guess is that something you look at as well in terms of you know when um 
estate agents are doing more advertising, whether that's traditional or whatever. Um, do, you, do you get to see much of that? You know, I'd just like to hear, obviously just out of curiosity, just like to hear if you have any... Um, get, get, get to see uh, estate agent advertising. Yeah, just to see like what what you know your clients, for example, what their adverts yeah. and stuff look like. Do you get to kind of see any of that stuff? A lot of our agents will use the free valuation tools, yeah, um, and the feedback does seem to be the leads are very hit and miss, but they need to be nurtured. That's where I think it really content will play a part. If you can get the the email, that's great, and they've had their free valuation. You've called them and they said, "Well, I'm not ready yet." you want to keep contacting them over the course of what i know if, with the america i heard a phrase in america that you contact them until they buy or until they die which is a bit harsh that's wolf, that's wolf <laughs> but, of wall street as well that's in there that's a quote from wolf of wall street it, yeah? so until right. they buy or if and die <laughs> yeah 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 but um so that's with the email nurture that i see but uh, i'm trying to think of advertising i think a lot of estate agents realise that they either advertise property sell, they have a, a talk about their market share. Um, I think a lot of agents are getting so much better at content marketing where they're realising, you know, we've got to mix up our messages. Um, I can't think of any blatant sort of advertising, it's probably the wrong phrase, that's leapt out at me in the last three months, six months maybe. Um, I've seen some posts on Facebook um, and I've seen some agents, you know, like the cheap fee. We don't deal with cheap fee agents. That's one thing we won't do with our, our sort of content club. Um, I, I see, I see adverts for them. You know, they're, they're, they're very clear and fair play to them. They're very clear about what their offer is. We'll sell your house for 500 quid or we'll sell your house for I don't know, 750 quid or something like that um and they advertise that but in terms of advertising not really nothing stands out i could i could give you loads of good content marketing clever examples give you loads of that but in terms of out and out advertising no it's, it's like you said that story right so this is where you got to get creative yeah that story you've said about sold we've just sold this property yeah big deal great great for you well done Mr. yeah it's your job yeah um but then if you were to take the time to tell the story behind the sold board it's like the stories behind the sold board that's probably if i was doing a campaign around that that's what i'd, I'd give it a work in title as stories behind the sold sign um and like you said tell the story of and obviously you have to get the client on board um but tell the story of the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations and we thought it was going to, the chain was going to crash at one point or break at one point, but we, with sales, good sales progression, we managed to get it back on track and we're delighted that Mr. and Mrs. Smith or Mr. and Mr. Smith, they're now happy in their new home. But you tell that story. I, I love that sort of storytelling arc of um, the, the, the sales journey for want of a better phrase. And, and in a way, you know, you're still selling just as much as you were by saying just sold. It's just a little bit more finesse to it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And you know what? I think there's a good word of finesse, but also there's a bit more effort. Because, I, you know, one thing I think is really underrated in the world right now or in this sort of digital age, and that's just hard work. Everyone thinks they can hack 
their way to success. Oh, this this hack, that hack. This project is going to speed up your life and blah, blah. And maybe it will. But hard work, especially when it's a personalized business, you know, is always going to, if you, you know, your, your, your rivals, the only thing that you can really guarantee is if you're up for it, is you can outwork them, you know? And that's my approach. I, I just think I've got rivals, but I know that I, I'm confident that I could outwork them. And I know estate agents with that mindset, you know, to say we might be, you might outsmart us, you might uh, out uh, sort of have a bigger budget than us, but you won't outwork us. You won't have as much desire as we've got to look after our clients, you know. And if you can get that across, I think, you know, I remember I, I did a piece and I said about hard work and somebody said, well, I, I, I don't think that's a value that people value much nowadays. It's a bit, you'd be surprised if you're selling my house, I want you to be working hard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. So that's a good question. What does your, what does your work day look like? Work day? Um, oh, today was horrific because I got up, I woke up at three and I couldn't get back to sleep. I know, I'm knackered. I've got another thing to do as well later. Um, so just like today, for example, but there, there, there's, there was a blessing because I had some writing to do. So I'll always write first thing in the morning. If I'm writing articles, I'll write six to eight o'clock, then do the school run. Because you know what it's like in that window is six to eight o'clock. No one's disturbing you. The phone's not going. The emails are not going. So I switch off social media. Um, so get that done. School run. Come back. Uh, we've got 110 members. So there's always an email or two that needs answering every day from a member wanting something or needing a bit of advice. Um, and then today is, is we, we, we run something called the Karma Club, which is the charity side of our business. So what, uh, what we do is we take a fiver from each member and we put it into sort of like a digital pot, community pot, as it were. And then at the start of the month, we'll distribute that. It's normally about 500, 550 quid, but we'll break it down into hundred pounds. And we'll say to our members, if you want to donate to a local, has to be local charity or community group, a hundred pounds, we'll match fund you a hundred pounds. So, um, and then we'll, so we'll, then we'll give them free content template around that donation so not only are they making a donation to they're doing some good they're getting a piece of content out of it they're getting the standing in the local community of being a community cheerleader which is a great space for an estate agent to be in you know it's such a good thing to be seen as somebody that supports the community if you're an estate agent so today is my sort of karma club day so i've been doing bits and pieces for that and paying out some money because our um, our campaign for November and December is slightly different because we've done a helping local hospices campaign because you know COVID charities are just so up against it not just hospices you know you've got animal charities any charity is up against it because their fundraising events all got ripped out due to lockdown um, so this month and in November we've been donating money to local hospices for our members so so that's what I've been doing today and then once I finish with you I've got a little bit more writing to do one more article and that's, that's pretty similar. That day is pretty repeated, rinse and repeat. You know, sometimes harder, sometimes easier. <laughs> What's it like getting into that creative flow? Because um, I'm, I'm with you. That morning period is, is everything for me. Between, you know, before, before it's, you know, we're into the afternoon, that's when, like, the real stuff gets, gets done for me, you know. But, like, 
I'm just just curious, like, what do you do to like, get back into that creative flow, like, later on in the day, once you've, like, had a bit of lunch, brain yeah, fog might um, be setting in, maybe you had too many pieces of spaghetti? What, what you, you, know, you know what's really interesting there, because you talk about the food thing, right? So for a week, my, my, my wife sees a nutritionist, and she said to me, because my diet was, is appalling, um, she said, you've got to go and see her, you've got to go and see her. You know, I think you're gluten intolerant, I think you're this and this, and what are you talking about? Anyway, I saw this woman a week ago, and she said, right, and she gave me this program. So I'm trying not eat too many carbs, and I'm avoiding sugar. And eating protein, she said, give me this little map, map me out. I used to really get the lunchtime slump, you know, when you eat, and you think, oh, I'm just so tired, I'm so tired. But the nutritionist said she that's common because it's looped to uh, linked to uh too many carbs you know like you've had a big sandwich or a baguette or i don't know chips or something like that so since i've sort of changed it's only a week in so i'm not saying i'm a, I'm, I'm born again as it were um but uh, i've noticed my energy is much much better in the afternoons than it was i still wouldn't i i have this rule i won't write an article after 3 p.m regardless of what time I've got up, even if I start at eight o'clock, I won't write an article after 3 p.m. For some reason, it's just not there. Which, when I was a journalist, was impossible because I'd be working night shifts and stuff like that. So your, your body clock adapts to your situation. Yeah. That's maybe a good tip for estate agents as well. You know, if you are looking to write content and trying to get, get into that creative flow, and if you're just hitting a brick wall, maybe you're leaving it till the end of the day because you've got a list of other priorities. Maybe try doing it earlier on seeing how the brain works earlier on but it's, it's funny you said actually about that um <laughs> about basically cu cutting out the carbs around lunch so i probably a couple of months ago just started started doing that so i'd pretty much not not have breakfast fancy word intermittent fasting for it if you want to call it that and then yeah just basically like save the carbs till later on and it's crazy isn't it how, how it affects your how it affects your day and you just because otherwise uh, now now if we do go back to it you realize like test this like if you keep keep this up for however long test like having like a load of carbs at lunch and you're you're, 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 you're yeah like it's crazy you, you only notice the difference though once you like gone on to the other side of it you know yeah. um it, it's it's so true it's like as you're saying that it's made me think on sunday what day are we now tuesday so on sunday was the first time i had sugar since the previous Tuesday so that's five days and that's a long time for me trust me um and I had a pack of my daughter's smarties and <laughs> it's an after school treat she's gonna miss one this week because I've had it um and it was bizarre because I didn't I felt a bit uh afterwards and normally you wouldn't even notice so uh, a bit uh and then I noticed I got really hungry in the evening and my missus was saying it's something to do with a, a insulin spike makes you hungry or something there's something there's a reason you know what i mean or something like that it goes beyond my my sort of dietary knowledge but i, I think um yeah big tip for estate agents try and give up the carbs even if it's for a week angers <laughs> them about the industry and or what interests them about the industry I think that's a good good tip. So we just I think we just lost um a little bit of connection there for a couple of yes. seconds, but we're but we're, we're all back. I'm sure we'll have some 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 funny faces on the recording of this. Yeah. Um all right, brilliant. Uh you know what? I know you've got um I know I, <laughs> I don't realize you're up at 3 a.m. so I don't I don't want to take too much of your time. 
I'll raffle a couple. I'll raffle a couple of fun questions that I like to ask. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool. And then yeah, then I'll, I'll let you go. So, um, so first one from, and I'd love to hear again your perspective from like a service provider's point of view, mm-hmm. looking in, because I think you've got such a unique perspective on this. What's what's one of your biggest pet peeves within the property industry? Pet peeves? Did you say? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, pet peeves. Uh, I think it's more on social media, on the property, some of the property forums, uh, misinformed experts. You know, I would only take, if I was an estate agent, I think I would only take advice about running an estate agency, not about content, from someone who is running a successful estate agency. Because I've seen it on different, There's, you know yourself, there's so many different forums um and people ask a question and everyone chips in with their opinion and i look through and think well, hold on i know that your estate agency isn't doing that well or your one isn't your one isn't and then somebody will pipe up and say we'll do this and they'll get shouted down but i'll think well no these guys i know are successful so maybe it's that it, it's the misinformed experts yeah yes it's interesting isn't it you can uh Experts in speech marks, not so. You know what I mean? It's, it's very much, yeah, experts like that. Yeah, I, I always think if, if so, I always think you know, if someone's giving you something for free, you should always be careful what 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 it is that they're giving you. You know, no, nothing's nothing's free, right? And it's it is it's it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? How it's often the the people who maybe shouldn't be giving the advice who are happy to give it, and then vice versa, yeah. the ones who have the good advice. And they're maybe a bit more quiet. Maybe they're just busy working on their estate agency, though. Who knows? Well, yeah, the the the, the most successful ones probably I can think of two spring to mind. One is not on social media at all. He's sixty five, but he's very, 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 very marketing smart and has been since nineteen ninety. Now, somebody would look at him and say, "You don't know anything about social media." He's got a team working on social media. He's got a big agency now, 10, 11 offices. Um, but people would look at him and go, what do you know about social media? He knows nothing about social media, but he knows everything about how to market an estate agency. And he always said to me, and he always does, because I still speak to him, everything is marketing. So to go back to what you were talking right at the start about the email signature, that's marketing. The way you pick up the phone is marketing. His offices, all his offices have got their logos on the floor. That's marketing. You know, and they wear ties with, the, you know, so there's a bit old school, but... It works. He says everything is marketing. Cars branded up, posters everywhere. Do you know what I mean? You can't go and and if you look at you talk about market share, I think in his 10 areas, they're the market leaders in eight of them. So what does that tell you? Do you know, do you know what I mean? So he, he's just basically get he's got his guys doing the social media for him and said, look, these guys know what they're doing. I know what I'm doing at this level. These guys know what they're doing at that level. And yeah. That's the way it goes about it. 100%. I mean, he employs 120 people, so he needs people to do jobs because his job now is just basically, I don't know what he does, actually. I know he's very well off. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? I wouldn't know what he does on a day-to-day basis. He takes me out for dinner the odd time, but that's quite good. All right, next one for you. When you you look back, what's um, what's one of your favourite failures or uh, what's one of your failures that have led to a, a later success it could be anything it could be business it could be personal it could be something that happened yesterday it could be 10 years ago really that's a brilliant question favorite what a good way of putting it um 
you know what? Oh, there's a failure. My lamp. <laughs> my lamp. I'll probably fall again. I need to get a new one. But that's a big failure, buying that lamp, because I feel like I'm getting interrogated every time I put it on. Um, Favourite failure. Right. You know what? I was going to write a blog. I'm going to write a blog about this because I was thinking about it the other day. So back in 1998, I was about 26, something like that. And I had a market store. I just started. This is my, I was going to have a market store. And then I was going to get shops and all this sort of stuff. So the very first day I had this market store, right? So first of all, I bought this old Ford Transit van. And it was like a Flintstone van. You know, like it literally had a hole in the footwell or the foot, whatever that bit is, in the past, it, I'm not joking, yeah. it had a hole, my sister looked at it, and she said, you cannot not drive that, I said, I've got to, it cost me 500 quid, and I got the market store bits and bobs thrown in, this is how keen this guy was, he was an old market trader, convinced me, oh, I was the best life in the world, I think I watched too many Only Fools and Horses, and I thought, this is a great life, it is hard as anything, so anyway, my first ever, <laughs> market i went to a place called hartford in hertfordshire and i never ever forget they put us down the corner and the whole day i was there i was selling sports gear uh, i was going to be the next sports direct by the way um i was selling sports gear and the whole day i took 12 pounds i never ever forget that i took 12 pounds i mean my market career only lasted a year but off the back of that, and some of the stuff I learned from market traders, because here's another thing as well. This is just to go off on a bit of a tangent. You hear a lot of marketing experts, yeah? I'm telling you, the cleverest marketing people I met was during that year that I was on the markets, you know, because they knew about the importance of presentation. They had a pitch that was polished beyond belief. Do you know what I mean? Didn't see it in that. They knew about, um, and I do it with, with our membership uh, uh, club, is nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. There's a reason why you make people wait, make the queue bigger, keep them engaged. Don't let them get bored. Do you know what I mean? And walk off away from the queue. Um, and I see it with my own eyes. They were master salespeople, these guys, you know, on, uh, during this time when I was on the market stalls. So that would be that £12. <laughs> and I remember I was in the pub in the evening and obviously this was the launch of my new career. One of my mates said, how'd you get on today, mate? How'd you get on? I said, I made £12. I said it really quietly, and he turns around and he shouts at the lads, guess what, he only made 12 pounds. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And But it worked out all right in the end, just about, just about. But that would be my favourite failure, the £12 market day to launch my new sportswear empire that never went anywhere. You've got, you've got to write a blog on that. That is such, that is such a good story. You yeah, yeah, God, no, I, I probably will, because I think the the... I th you know, I, I am going to because it, it it's something that I believe in marketing. You've got to try different things. So the moral of that story is that was so painful for me, that £12 day, that I went and I queued up. I got to this market in North Weald, which is a really popular market in uh, Essex. And I got there at three o'clock in the morning so I could get a pitch on. And then I paid extra to the guy, it's probably corruption, actually. It was probably a bribe, I didn't realise. But he said, you, you could have that pitch next next time if you want it. I don't know how much. And he said, well, yeah, yeah, but it might be a 20, 30 pound surcharge, which I think he kept. <laughs> <laughs> but from there, I stayed in that market. So it's that try something different with your with me. It was literally try a different market, li literal markets uh, place sort of thing. So I think if, if uh, agents are to bring it back to them, it would be, you know, like try something different. 
You know, if that didn't work, who's to say this won't work? Uh, that campaign didn't work. Well, learn from it and try something different. And if it is working, great. Keep doing it. Because I think, I don't know about you, but I often see, and I've done it myself in my own business, something that's worked, and then I've stopped doing it. It's mental. Because well, we just keep doing it until it stops working. Do you know what I mean? We always think, we've, especially in marketing, we've always got to be coming up with something new. Maybe not. Maybe we need to analyze our successes and have favorite failures, like you said, and, and see where it takes us. I, I'm, I'm completely guilty of that as well. I have some. I have a new campaign going or something going, which will be working fantastically. And then one day I'll just decide to turn it all off for God knows what excuse I told myself. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird, like, if we can figure that one out, we, we might have to do a second podcast on that because uh, that, that is, that is a weird one. But yeah, I, I think that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Like the way you relate that back to a state agency, that didn't work. Well, try, try something new. You know, you don't, you don't know until, you know, you just keep trying and slightly pivoting it until you find out what does work. And then it's just as important when it does work to then actually analyze that success as yeah. well. That's, yeah. that's just as important as the failure, right? Because yeah. we always hear like, you know, we can reflect on our failures, but the successes are probably more important to look at because you know you want to do more of them, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like um, uh, I used to work with a client and he always would do a campaign debrief, which is like he was probably the only one who's ever really insisted on it. Um, and we would look at the failures the, or the, the bits that didn't work. Um, but we'd also look at the bits that did work and it was just about fine tuning. And he was always like, his, his mantra was just a little better, just a little better, just a little better. You know what I mean? And he, he, he's a very successful agent now. He's got a few, few offices, does really well. It's funny. I have, I have agents who I work with like that who are, we, 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 you know, we constantly are looking back at people. We're obsessed with the numbers. So we're always, always looking at the numbers to see how, how can it be improved. But it's the ones who really look at it in the fine detail who are just getting those little little incremental improvements out. And they're the best ones. They're the best ones who are really, really looking, well, how can we make something a bit better out of this? And the thing I love about working with agents like that is it makes you better. It makes us better because we can, we then can, you know, figure that little golden nugget out, apply it to everybody else and yeah. every, everybody benefits. That's why I love, you know, when you said that you do, you know, one per, one agent per postcode do the same thing as well and i think it's such a good way of doing it because it means there's you're just becoming you know it's, it's collaboration that way like exactly just, you feel part yeah. Of, yeah i feel part of their team i come from a, like quite a sporting background and i always feel not that i'm the coach of the agents i'm the content coach of the agency and they're my team so i want my team to have better content than the other team do you know what I mean? The other agents and that sort of stuff. And it, it does work better when you sort of feel a bit immersed in it and, and, and part of it. Yeah, 100%. And I think as well, with the one agent per area, I don't know how other marketing services really survive without that. If I was an agent, I'd want, that'd be the first thing I'd ask. Maybe I'm just biased, but I'd, well, you've got a lot of knowledge. Who's to say you're not going to share exact same knowledge with the bloke down the road from me or my next door like literal next door uh, neighbor who's a rival agent you know yeah I, I think that is that'd be that'd be top of my list if i was an agent working with a a service like mine or a service like yours to say well right have i got you exclusive um yeah it would be that exclusivity last one for you all right yeah. so we're gonna, we're gonna fast forward well yeah. well well into the future yeah it's your last day on earth yeah 
Rust on Earth, Jesus. You've, 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 you've built up your empire, um, but you can't leave anything physical behind. Uh, to your family, to your loved ones, to your friends, to charities, okay. whoever it might be. But you can leave them with one piece of advice. Um, what are you, Ed, what are these you are great questions, mate. You should have been a journalist. Seriously, <laughs> great questions. One bit of advice to leave behind. Oh, my God, that's so hard because it would be for my daughter. Um, oh, I think have fun. Because you can, even when time, times are tough, if you can just have a glimmer of humour or don't take yourself too seriously, yeah, have, have fun. Because if you're doing something that you enjoy, you're probably going to have fun doing it. Yeah, have fun. Just have fun. Just muck about. Have fun. Remember that one, folks. Take that with you. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, you know, if you're in the morning, rest of your day, if you're on your run, have a bit of fun. Thanks, yeah. Jerry. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great stuff. Loved it.